0: Thank you, Justin. Well, guys, good morning. Uh, Good morning to everybody. I'm glad to see everyone. Um, Today is a little bit uh, different for me speaking uh, because I am not in Texas. I'm about 2,000 miles away in Boston, Massachusetts. And so uh, I'm visiting a friend and my godson uh, as they have lost uh, a family member. And so I'm here supporting them and, and loving them through this time of grief. And um, yeah, and so if you, all right now I'm in my hotel room, I'm on the fifth floor, but you might hear the sounds of the city. Uh, So you might hear some background noise like a a siren or a bus go by or something like that. Hopefully it'll be few and far between, but just wanted to give you that note. So uh, this morning we are kicking off a new series called Wisdom for the Ages, Wisdom for the Ages. And uh, this series was uh, speared on by one particular verse. And I, I want to read that verse for us uh, to kind of orient our minds and, and set us rightly um, for the series. And so uh, I'm going to be reading uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And so this scripture is, is what prompted us to uh, move in this direction of wisdom for the ages. And it reads like this and says, it is because of him, God, that you are in Christ. And we're going to talk about that today. And it goes on and continues. And it says, who has become for us wisdom from God? That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Over the next coming weeks uh, through November the 22nd, we're going to spend a week going through talking about righteousness, another week talking about holiness, and another week talking about redemption. But this morning, we're going to talk about our identity in Christ. And we, we get that from this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, particularly the part where it says that you are in Christ Jesus. And so, yeah, we want to think about that. We want to uh, process that together with the word. And this morning, the wisdom that I offer you uh, from the scriptures is that you need, you must, you have to find your full identity in Christ. You know, when we think about wisdom, sometimes we have varying pictures of what wisdom is like. Uh, We think of some old sage uh, person who is able to give a quick turn of phrase um, that leads us into some sage-like advice but dictionary.com if you just google it tells us that wisdom simply is this it's the knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment says i'll say it again that it's knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment. An even simpler definition of that, uh, of wisdom, is that it's rightly applying true knowledge, rightly applying true knowledge. Now, if we think about that, uh, truth, all truth, is defined by God, is defined by who he is and what he says in his word. And so as we go through this series and as we're thinking through what does wisdom mean, I want that to stick with you, that it's rightly applying true knowledge. So this morning, again, what we're gonna be thinking through is how we find our full identity in Christ and that that is ultimate wisdom that we should hold on to. Let's pray really quickly. Dear God, I ask that you would reveal yourself, you, Jesus Christ, that through the power of the Spirit, you might be exalted, you might be lifted high, you might be praised, and that, God, that we wouldn't just do some mental gymnastics, but that our heart would be transformed, that our heart and our emotions and our desires would be shifted and moved by your power, God. And so, Lord, as we think through who are we, As we think through uh, what does it mean to be in Christ, God, I ask that you would just make yourself plain and make yourself known. And we ask this in your mighty name. Amen. So I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina, and I went to the wonderful, excellent Greenville Senior High School. And in our English classes, it seemed like every year we were looking at a different coming of age novel. And um, I had two teachers, two English teachers that really stuck out to me who were amazing in shaping my high school career. Dr. Zaidman, Dr. Bernard Zaidman, we used to call him Bernie and uh, Mrs. Story. And both Dr. Zayman and Mr. Story would assign us these coming-of-age novels. Novels like To Kill a Mockingbird and Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. I'm sure you maybe have read possibly one or more of these books, and there are many coming-of-age novels, but whenever they assigned these coming-of-age novels, it was always meant to prompt us as students to ask the question, who am I? Who am I? Who am I becoming? Who who have I been? And so this morning, as we think about our identity in Christ, I want us to think about those three questions or for you specifically, who are you? Who have you been? and who are you becoming? You see, whenever we think through those three questions, um, it leads us down this path of self-discovery. But this morning, I want to challenge us to not just discover who we are, who we've been, and who we're becoming, and define that by ourselves, but I want us to be defined by the scriptures. And so the passage that we're going to be in for this morning is in Colossians chapter two, and we're going to look at verses six and seven and verses 13 through 14. I believe that these four verses will answer two of the questions that we have, particularly who are you and who have you been? And then we'll end our time together talking about who are you becoming? So let's read this scripture together. I believe we, Dalen, just put that in the chat for us. Says, and I'm going to read this actually off of my notes app from our Mission Hill app. And it says, therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Then we'll skip down to verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. I love this passage, and uh, I'm excited to dive into it with us, with you all this morning. So in the book of Colossians, Paul, like he is in many other letters, he's having to defend the faith against some heresy. But ultimately what he's doing here in the book of Colossians is he's lift, lifting up Jesus as the all sufficient Christ, that he is the Lord over redemption and over restoration. And so that's what he's doing here. And uh, this morning, I want us to just think about those questions of who are you and who have you been? And so if when we look at verse six and seven, And we think about this question of who are you right now as a believer, as a follower of Christ. Paul lays out some imagery for us. He says, therefore, as you received Christ. So first of all, Paul is assuming that the people that he's talking to are people who already are his, are already belong to Jesus Christ. So he assumes that we've received Christ, that we've made him our Lord, our master, our king. And he says, so walk in him. And some translations even say, so continue to walk in him. And so he's encouraging these Colossian believers and us today to continue to walk in our identity or alignment with Christ. And in verse 7, he begins to lay out some imagery for us that I think is powerful. And he answers the question, who are you? He says, you're rooted and you're built up in Christ and you are established in the faith. You know, Cherish and I, we have these these pestering rose bushes in our front yard and they have thorns and they grow and they just, they cover up, our porch area, and we have a swing that I like to sit out on, but I can't enjoy sitting on the swing because I'm looking at these thorny rose bushes. And so we decided earlier on in the pandemic to try and defeat these rose bushes. And we decided that we were going to chop down Uh, these rose bushes, and so we went to work. One day we just got out there with the hedge clippers and we just went to work chopping these things down. But where we failed is that we didn't kill the root. That, That was our problem. In fact, our rose bushes are starting to grow back up. Even though we cut them almost down completely to the ground, we did not take out the deep roots of this rose bush. What I'm trying to say this morning is that as a believer in Christ, your roots are founded in God. So who you are is a person who's rooted in Him. And the devil, no matter what he may do, no matter what he may say or try, cannot uproot you from our divine creator. So where we fail to take out the roots of that rose bush. Satan is continually failing in uprooting you from God. And so Paul gives us this image that we are rooted, but not only are we rooted in Christ, that's not only our identity, but no, we are also built up in Christ, in him. You see, he gives us this construction image and it should make you think of a foundation. It should make you think of a foundation that's been dug down deep and that because the foundation has been dug down deep, you can continue to build on top of it, knowing that it is sturdy and firm. So who you are as a believer in Christ and who I am as a believer in Christ is rooted and built up. But then also Paul continues, he says, and you are established in the faith. What he's trying to get across to us, and he said it three different ways, rooted, built up, and established, is that there's nothing that can separate us from the foundedness we have in Christ Jesus, who is our Lord. Therefore, we can walk in him, and we can live in him, and we can have our very being in him. So who are you right now? You're rooted, you're built up, You're established all in Jesus Christ. But then when we read on and we jump down to verse 13, and we look at that first part of verse 13, it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. So this verse answers the question for us, who have you been? Who have you been? You see, Satan many times wants to define who we are. Satan wants to remind us who we've been. He wants to accuse us and play on our guilt. He wants to drudge up our sinfulness. But what the Lord does here is he says, you were Notice that key phrase were being past tense that you were dead in your trespasses and trespasses just means the things that you did wrong the the, the sin that you uh, the sins that you went against God for uh, and so you were dead and in the uncircumcision of your flesh and uncircumcision here should make you think about relationship because where there's circumcision in the Bible, it is meant to symbolize a covenant relationship with God. And so Paul is saying here, you were distant. You were far off. You were spiritually dead. You were not in right relationship with God. You weren't connected with him. You had no part with him, but that's where you were. That's who you've been. And sometimes if you're not careful, if we're not careful, Satan will play on who we've been and he will try to make us distraught about who we've been. But in verse, the second part of verse 13 is where some good news comes. And it answers the question again for us of who are we right now as believers? The second part of verse 13 says, but God made alive. So he's contrasting death and life. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You see, who we are right now is not only rooted and built up, and established in Jesus, but who we are right now as believers is that we've been made alive. We are spiritually alive, and we are together. We are ingrained with Christ, in Christ, and the good thing is, is that we've been forgiven of all of those trespasses. We've been forgiven of all those wrongdoings, the times where we stepped over the line, the times where we went against God, but we've been Forgiven. So we get two identity statements from that second part of verse 13. We're alive and we are forgiven. But verse 14 goes on and says, But by canceling the record of debt that stood against us, some commentators and scholars say that here, when Paul is talking about canceling a record of debt, we should think about the record of debt as being a good old IOU. You know what that is. That's where you say, I don't have the money to pay for something, but right now I'm going to give you written down an IOU paper or statement saying that this is something I intend to pay. Well, let me tell you guys, as believers, you and I, when we before we knew Jesus, We had a huge IOU. And the thing is, is that although we may have tried to pay back Jesus through our wrong, through our right doings, I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah 64 that says that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags unto the Lord. And so even on our best day, we could not do any good work that would pay the debt that stood against us. But Here's where I get excited because, and Paul gets excited here too. He says that Jesus, he took that IOU, he took that record of debt and he nailed it to the cross because what he did by nailing it to the cross and he's playing with some imagery here he's taking that iou and he's saying he nailed it to a cross he wants you to also think about the cross that jesus was nailed to and the crown of thorns that was placed on his hand and the nails that were placed in his hands and placed in his feet and he says that when jesus went to the cross he paid that debt he is the one who ransomed us and saved us from our trespasses, so that you and I, our identity is not only rooted up, rooted in Christ, built up in Christ, and established in Christ, but it's also that we are alive and that we are forgiven, and that now we've been set free from owing God for our trespasses and wrongdoings. You see, this is good news. So, here in this passage, we've answered. Who are you and who have you been? But this morning, I want to go a little bit further. And I want us to think about who are you becoming? You see, not only as a believer have we been ransomed in Christ, which means that we've been brought close and justified from our wrongdoings. But we are progressing. We are being ever sanctified and set apart for God. And so there's a scripture in 1 John 3 verse 2 that says, beloved, beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he, talking about Jesus, appears, we shall be like him. I get excited about that this morning because we shall see him as he is. You see, not only are we in Christ, but one day we shall attain a holy perfection that is only possible through God. You see, one day when he returns, and so there's an already, but not yet type of uh, moment that we live in, that we have already been brought close, but not yet fully in a divine perfection that we shall have when we come into being with him at the end of time when he returns. I also wanna leave you with some other things to think about, some other statements that you can hold on to To think about who you are in Christ. You see, in Christ and through Christ, you are declared righteous. In Christ and through Christ, you are an heir of God. In Christ and through Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. And in Christ and through Christ, you are free from the desires of the flesh. And in Christ and through Christ, you are declared blameless and innocent. In Christ and through Christ, you are a light in the world. In Christ and through Christ, you are victorious over Satan. In Christ and through Christ, you have been cleansed from sin. In Christ and through Christ, you've been set free from the power of sin. And in Christ and through Christ, you are secure in him. And lastly, in Christ and through Christ, you are loved by God this morning to end our time, I would like for us just to bow our heads. And I want you to silently pray and ask God, God, who am I in you? And I want you to wait for an image or for a word or for a thought, something that you can hold on to this week. Ask God, who am I in you? The image that the Lord gave me was that I am redeemed. I pray that the Lord has spoke to you through his spirit. Amen.